Guys, welcome to the Tom Ward Show, where I interview the biggest creators in the world. And today we've got two of the OGs who've been doing it since YouTube started. They're best known for their work on the VAT19 channel, where their videos have over 7 billion lifetime views. They have produced some of the most watched commercials ever, and they have their own channel, Randomonium, and they have a podcast, The Timely Podcast. Welcome, John and Danny. Thank hey, you. Thank you so much. Nice to see you, Tom. Nice to see you guys. Now... I'm excited to talk to you guys because I always cover kind of the business of the creator world and this is right up your alley. I want to talk about, before we get into your career and kind of all of that, how many commercials have you guys done, you think, since since you started? Man, that's a great question. Uh, we've tried to estimate it a few times. I, I actually, my kids asked me this the other day and they're like, how many videos have you made dad? Like 50, you know, they're, they're little kids and that, that that's to them. 50 is a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, I made 50 like last year. It's over a thousand. It's, it's like probably 1500 or something like that. Maybe. If you include, you know, it's hard to say because we're part of, at bat 19, we were part of a team. So like our hands were in a lot of videos, whether yeah. or not we directed them, we're part of the brainstorming scripting, just being in it. Yeah. So it's it's over a thousand, maybe around fifteen hundred. I'm not too sure. Yeah. So it's so interesting how VAT nineteen went from literally, hey, we're gonna make commercials to sell stuff on our VAT nineteen website, which is still around and still selling stuff, mm -hmm. to like becoming its own money making kind of operation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's a truly unique company. Um and it, when I started there in two thousand eight right after college, um, I kind of got the sense even then that it was a very unique company. Um, not only because it was utilizing YouTube, which was fairly new um, for me and for the world. You gotta think at that time, there were no subscriptions on YouTube yet. Yeah, it was just sort of like, you you know, you could look up goofy videos about uh, like, you know, weird, weird viral things that happened, like cats doing <laughs> accidental clumsy things. And like, I, mean, I remember lots of parody music videos back in the day was, was really popular, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, um, Bat 19 was very unique because it was a really small company um, selling these goofy little um, curiously awesome products was their was their uh, is their slogan. And um, they would utilize YouTube to kind of spread the word. And so it actually wasn't even so much from my perspective. It seemed like it was more about um, making these goofy videos for the website for vat19.com so that it would kind of become this. Hey, have you heard about vat19.com? It's this goofy like e-commerce site that has not only crazy products, but also these videos that sell them. Yeah, and, and it was the destination was the website itself. And Jamie, the owner, like uh, to his credit, man, he had a lot of foresight on video and retail, especially online retail, because at the time, um, hosting a video was just an, a monstrosity of a, of a thing to do. And do you so, remember, like you probably remember Tom, like, like when, back in the day when the only way to watch video on the internet was like QuickTime player and like, yeah. like real player. Remember you that? might stream oh, yeah. something, but you're usually just download. I remember downloading Lonely Island MOV files from their website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like E-Bombs World was kind of a thing, but I mean. Oh, E-Bombs World was awesome. I oh, yeah. That, man. And yeah, Jamie really had that vision. And I remember John started there way before me and me just being like, what are you doing? And then that's so weird. Like these video instruction manuals, they were quirky, they were funny, they were weird, but it's just strange products. But man, Jamie saw like the light at the end of the tunnel. He's like, no, we've got these fun products that make us unique and video helps close the sale. So he always had this vision of a video for every product. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you would, 
you would go to vet 19, you would go to vet19.com and kind of browse this site and it was a unique way to shop so not only were you looking at you know photos and, and funny descriptions of these products but you could watch these these little um, teaser trailer you know funny goofy little videos that I would make for the products um, and then sort of they were they were hosted on YouTube mostly because YouTube was just free hosting um, and but kind of in the background the YouTube channel started growing and people were like wait a second what is this this channel is just full of these quirky products yeah and i remember when i started i think i was about six years after john maybe um and uh i remember jamie still at that point like wouldn't really describe us as youtubers or himself as a youtuber because we get those questions all the time you're like no we're a store we're a store that does this and you got to see in that like second half of john's career about 19 after i started there like that shift that you talk about where like it really started turning into this machine of like youtube first and then store second like then the youtube channel became the driving force and now it's just it's its own it's its own monster man mm -hmm. when do you think when did it make that shift and when it made it shift did the owner was is an owner named jamie yeah 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 when did jamie go make that turn where he's like looking at his books or sitting down with his account and go shit i'm making more you know on youtube than i am from the store when did that happen that's a good question um It'd probably be a question for him mainly, but I think he still um, really values the store itself yeah. as kind of the uh, the hub of everything. Honestly, like I know he he will recognize for, full uh, he'll for sure recognize the power of the YouTube channel because it does drive a lot of sales, brings a lot of customers in, but. Um, the the team that just operates the warehouse because all of the products sold on Bat 19 are actually yeah. in the same building as the studio where they make the videos. So it's oh, this wow. gigantic warehouse full of products. Um, they've got a, a massive, amazing team there that like just, you know, ships out products all the time. So that's mm -hmm. kind of, that's like the core of that 19. And it's been that way since the beginning. And I think he would probably say that's still the case. And the nice thing from being, because we weren't really in that end of the, the business, we were in the video and just being on the creative team is it took a lot of pressure off of us. You know, we're able to focus on just making kind of the coolest content. How can we get the most eyeballs on things? And that's when, um, uh, shortly after I started getting there, I'd say like there wasn't probably a moment when Jamie switched. And again, he's probably the best one to tell you that. But like you could kind of just start to see things shift. Like we'd be having conversations like, yeah, we're a store, but why would we tell people to go watch another video at the end on an end screen? Because we want to go to the store and buy stuff. And then so eventually we'd be like, oh, go watch more videos. If we can keep them on the in the videos, they'll buy something eventually. Or um, what, you know, if if we're going to be out here making videos then why are they going to go store? I don't know. And then we just didn't, it, we kind of dropped some of that .com things. I don't know. It's just, it was more of a transitionary period. I think it's always been kind of a blend. I don't really know that you could say Bat 19 is a YouTube channel or it is a store. It's, it's oh. kind of both equally weighted, I would say. Yeah. Cause yeah, that, that, that warehouse is huge. I, I don't know about revenue. That's the thing that like, you know, we, we were just making, we we're just video guys. I don't know any of the, yeah. the numbers. So it could very well be that the store makes twice as much as the YouTube channel. I, I really don't know the numbers, but I know um, that whenever we would put up a good video that would really get people to, we'd get a lot of viewers and we'd get, um, it would draw a lot of traffic to the site to buy the product. So I do know, I don't know the numbers, but I know that the videos worked in terms of yeah. um, leading to sales. So yeah. So how are you graded with it? So it sounds like if I've got the store, right? Yeah, views are cool and all, but I want to sell this product that you just made the video on. So right. were you kind of judged on the traffic it brought over or just the conversions? Like, okay, you made a video about this little toy and we sold a thousand toys. So good job. How did it? I never really felt that pressure from any of it, really. 
Yeah, it was it was kind of great. He, he was always really good about that. Like, um, mm -hmm. uh, really, like he he supported us as artists a lot. Like, wanted us to try new things and and do things. And if something didn't land, that's fine. We'll maybe try it again. Maybe we wouldn't. Um, but I think as long as we were always feeling pretty fulfilled as a team and it seemed like everything overall was growing, we were allowed to make mistakes. We were allowed to, uh, you know, there's times where we'd make a video and we'd think it was going to do great and it'd bomb and wouldn't sell anything. And the video was incredible. Yeah, and I think what kind of carried all of that is what we kind of started talking about at the beginning of this, which is the quantity of um, commercials that we'd make. Not that we would value quantity over quality because there was always like an, an emphasis on highest quality we can. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, we put out a video on to the next one. Yeah. We're not going to obsess over how much this worked and how much it didn't work and how much, how many sales it generated. It was like, Hey, we put out a cool video. We got to put out another one next week. So let's get to it. So we just, we we're just constantly moving. Didn't stop to really, um, sweat about the details too much. Yeah. You know, I saw a video and I think only me or a YouTuber would appreciate this and nerd out to it, but you're talking about thumbnails and you're talking yeah. about a video that didn't start it out you thought it was going to do really well and it started out slow so you changed the thumbnail and you're yeah. just talking about your process how much time and stuff you spend into it yeah i'm guessing you wouldn't have done that with uh vat 19 video because you're just thinking about the next one already so is kind of your promotion and how you look at it, the content different now when you're doing your own thing versus kind of what you were doing then uh, I mean, we did. We had a we had a full time, uh, almost full time. Did nothing but thumbnails at Bat Nineteen. Um, yeah, oh, toward yeah. the end, it wasn't always like that. Obviously, the, yeah. the team grew over time. But toward the end, there's. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how it's structured now. But um, around the time we left about a year ago, there was a person there who's pretty much their full time job was thinking about thumbnails and titles and um, and yeah, and even like coming up with options and alternatives. So if uh, something needed to be changed, it could be changed. And I think the biggest difference is, is, is we're a lot smaller. So like we, we had a team, you know, there was 12, 13, 14 people, depending on what kind of parts you're talking about, working on just videos alone at Bat19. And, um, and here at our company, there's four of us um, and a few interns. So uh, uh, it's, it's a lot smaller. We're doing a lot more of everything ourselves. We're in startup mode. So um, that's probably the biggest thing is like, you have to kind of balance, like how much time do you have to put towards something and what's the cost? you know, or cost benefit analysis when you're looking at how much time you're putting towards things. Yeah. Know? A lot of times it's kind of a gut feeling too. Like for that video you're talking about, we released the video. We, we kind of knew like this, this is a good video and, right. and people are watching a lot of it. So we know that people like the video, but it's just not getting served out to enough people. You know, this is kind of YouTube speak as you were saying, but like, um, you know, the, the algorithm wasn't serving it as much as we knew it, it could be getting more impressions. So we changed the thumbnail and kind of went on a hunch, like, Hey, let's, let's go with this option. Let's, and we didn't really change anything as far as, um, it wasn't like clickbaiting versus not clickbaiting. It wasn't any of that. It's just like, let's just maybe change the design of it, change the wording on the thumbnail. Sometimes that's all it takes. And then people notice it and they get hooked and then suddenly, now you get a, a much more successful video. So. Yeah. And this year since launch, we've been really focusing on um, experimenting and not so much like how famous or how bigger the video is going to get. Like if we did this thing and it bombed, that's okay. Let's try again. Let's, let's be, let's, let's make failing. Okay. Now, now that it's your own business, how do you look at it differently? Right? Cause this is your dough. So yeah. you're looking at, okay, how much revenue do we have coming in this month? How yeah. much do we have coming out? Where before it's just like, hey, I'm a creative guy. I'm making videos. Woohoo! You know, yeah. we'll make another one. Yeah. My check's still good every two weeks. You know, life is good. 
Yep. How are you looking at what changes when when you go on your own? Yeah, this is a really good question because yeah, we I don't think we even fully knew everything that would change, and yeah. that might have scared us too much to ever leave. <laughs> um, but it is definitely hard to start a business, no matter. I mean, we had a great start because of VAT19, and we had a lot of people kind of, um, you know, we had this kind of wave of support right at the beginning to kind of carry us into a launch, and that took a lot of the nerves away, like knowing that. Um, hidden in plain sight, uh, getting, it was our kind of most popular series, getting a, a shout out from that series finale, um, was going to be huge for us. So that just took some of the pressure off. And we, we just kind of looked at each other and said, look, we're going to, we'll be okay. We've always said the biggest thing keeping us from getting more jobs and doing more things on our own, um, is, is just being able to do it, having the time. So we just put a lot of faith and trust in each other. Um, and took a lot of the pressure off of having to be famous or like views or those things and just focus on like, how can we not be, you know, super risky? How can we be a little conservative? Can we be planning a few months, years down the line and be able to adjust that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, man, we're just, we're so cautious. Luckily we didn't have to take a loan or anything to start this business. We've bootstrapped it ourselves. Um, and we're moving into a new building now, which is exciting. We're buying a building, which is wow! Congrats, wild. Thanks. Um, and we're yeah. we're just super excited with how it's been going. I mean, in the first year, when you get to get your silver play button, when we did, we got it the first weekend. Man, uh, we didn't expect that. Um, and we got to work with Fallon and uh, wow. Target and FAO Schwartz and all, all these cool brands. Now we've made a commercial for Walmart, and like it's just man, uh, it, it it's always been a surprise. So like I think. I'm not super risk adverse. This honestly, jumping away from VAT19 to our own company was a lot less scary for me than quitting my job at Apple and going to VAT19. So. Why? Because you already have, just like you said, I've got to build an audience. I know I'm I'm gauging this is what we can do over here. Talk about your business too, because I'm a little confused because you're doing yeah. your YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. But you just mentioned, hey, we were doing something for Target and FAO Schwartz. When you say shoot a commercial, do you mean, hey, it's a brand integration for my channel that I'm doing? Or is it something that's living on target and has nothing to do with me? I'm not in the video or anything like that. Yeah, it's a good question because it's it's honestly like um, we love talking about it because we think Randomonium is is a really cool, unique um, channel or like brand. Uh, I don't really know of any other channels that are doing this, but um, our our whole message that we're trying to get out there of what I guess our elevator pitch of what Randomonium is is two best friends who grew up together who now make commercials together. And that's the, the, the adventures of making commercials together. So we have um, like kind of the core of our business um, is Randomonium and the, and the store, the story of how we, we do all these, um, we make all these commercials. And so we, we have contract with, um, FAO Schwartz, the New York city toy store. Um, it's like a long-term contract. They came, they came on as a launch partner to sponsor like tons of videos. Yeah. So we, wow. we make a bunch of small, you know, e-commerce little, we, we just call them commercials for short, but they're little product videos, like similar to that 19 videos. Um, we make a bunch of those for FAO Schwartz. And, you know, most of them just, we don't show everything on Randomonium, but we try to make Randomonium about, it's sort of like the reality show about us making those commercials. And so, yeah, okay. we, we've shown us, you know, flying to New York to make some of those FAO commercials. Um, we, we showed ourselves, we told the story of like, uh, you know, going to meet with Jimmy Fallon and, and make that video with him. Um, we're actually in the process of making the the randomonium video that is all about how we had to pull off this Walmart commercial in like, you know, 12 hours, <laughs> 24 hours, 24, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was a very wow. quick amount of time. So it's kind of like the, we, we're able to craft these randomonium videos 
um, as almost like a reality show about making commercials. And we think that like that, that sounds that could sound kind of boring because people, um, you know, they install ad blockers and they want to skip commercials. And like of at course, the surface yeah. level, people are like, I hate commercials. Why would I want to watch that? But then when yeah. you think about the Super Bowl and how people actually, you know, they gather around at parties to watch the best commercials. We're like, okay, that's our, that's our North star. That's where we're going. We're going to try to make such good commercials that, um, and we think commercials can be that interesting and that cool, shareable viral, um, that people will gather around to watch them. And so we're, we're kind of be- betting that we're going to, we can make a whole channel out of guys who make commercials. Yeah. So we used to, um, before we actually like quit bat 19, we, we still, we had this company and we did commercials on the side. We made a commercial for Brookstone, like a long form internet commercial. We made a whole YouTube channel for, uh, Mattel for one of their products. Like we did like a year long, uh, YouTube channel for them. We've done a few things like photos for pizza hut and all kinds of stuff. But, um, uh, we started re- realizing when we uh, when it was the first uh, round of tariffs we went through, and we were meeting with uh, FAO Schwartz and and Sharper Images brand that owns all of them, and they were like, "Man, we're really feeling the squeeze from this. We have more need for video than ever, but we're making less per product because of these tariffs. So we want you to get creative." And we were in California at that meeting. I looked at John. I was like, "Well, let's not make them a YouTube channel because they're starting from zero. We have one. Let's figure out how to use that." And then. We just kind of kept brainstorming about how to do it. And we're like, man, we could lowball so many commercial directors and production companies because we don't need to ask for as much because we have the YouTube channel. And then we also don't need the YouTube channel to make as much because we're making commercials. So it just, again, takes the pressure off of everywhere and allows us to create a really unique product and really unique offerings. Because like one brand we're working with right now, they were just super pumped that they came to us for a commercial and we're like, hey, do you want to be on the YouTube channel too? We have a whole audience to premiere your commercial to. Like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Wow. So you're really, you're really an ad agency at the core yeah. of it, right? I guess yeah. video production, but really yeah. you're, you're kind of an ad agency, right? You're creating yeah. commercials. Yeah. Right? If you go to our, our website, readingcreative.com, which is the parent company for everything, that's how it lays it all out. Like we're a, we make online video marketing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about, so we talked a lot about now right i've got a younger demo so and you know in the tiktok i mean TikTok, i'm in the tiktok actually i have to post a video today i tried to do 60 tiktoks in 60 days oh man oh wow i heard yeah i heard from a big influencer i had lunch with her and she was saying she was getting back into TikTok. she took a long break from creating content and did some modeling some other things and she's coming back and she met with a rep from tiktok and mm-hmm. she's like, I got to grow my audience quick you know i'm i'm so behind what everybody else is doing he goes just for 60 days, post every day and post at the same time. Hmm. Yeah. So I, go, I mean, I, the TikTok guy said that. So I go, fuck, yeah. why, not, why not give it a shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point of this is what's your thoughts on kind of TikTok advertising and the video, I don't know, ads or whatever uh-huh. you call them that a TikToker will have, you know, 2 million views, 2 million views, 2 million views. Okay, here comes a bang energy drink ad. 30,000 views next right, one, right. regular content back up to 2 million. What do you think of kind of what, what it's looking like now, what the content's looking like? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's tough. TikTok. We always describe it as it's really similar to when YouTube first started. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a similar kind of sketches, senses of humor, um, it, reminiscent of, you know, vine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got this great algorithm, man. Like every time yeah. I'm on reels or even YouTube shorts, these competitors for it, it's like, man, like this is good, but 
TikTok's got me figured out so much more. So much better. Yep. Um, so they really kill it there. Uh, so we described it as the Wild West, man. Like, uh, it's just fun, but uh, it's hard to see where it's all going to how it's going to land. Yeah, yeah, where it's all going to go. It's, it's hard to know. But yeah, I, I noticed that too. And I noticed like that with my own just like personal scrolling habits too. I'm like, you know, you can tell when something is branded, like the little, you know, ad button comes up or something and you're like, ah, this is going to be an ad. I'm going to skip it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know where, where it's all going to land or how they're going to kind of get over that. Like this is an ad, so this is not going to get nearly served as much as regular content. Um, the way, I mean, the way that we sort of accidentally figured things out at VAT19 and, and kind of the tradition that we carry on here is that like, if you make ads so good that they can't be skipped or that people seek them out, then you've cracked the code. Yeah. And that's like, that's very, uh, that's almost impossible to say, how do you, what do you mean? Like make them so good. You can't see like, I don't know how to explain that anymore than just, you sure. got to make them so good that people want to go watch your commercials. Um, because yeah, I mean, if, otherwise, the way we kind of think of it is like it's it's um, commercials can either be content or they can be an interruption. Um, in most commercials, 99% of commercials are an interruption. You're there to watch something else. Like you're, you're watching Brooklyn nine, nine. I was watching that last night and then a, a commercial pops up for like, I don't know, like uh, Huggies diapers. I got little kids. I don't know. I got it. <laughs> I, I, I paid for no ads. <laughs> yeah. So you get a commercial that like, I wasn't, I wasn't clicking on a Huggies thing. I don't want to, I don't want to watch that right now. I want to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's an interruption. Um, And that's just by nature. We're all like inundated with that all the time. And from an advertiser standpoint, that's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. You're fighting such a hard battle because you're, you're trying to like smack somebody in the face with like, here's my brand name. I I know that you hate this, but just, just bear with me. Um, But the, the other way to go is like the Super Bowl, like we were saying a second ago. And like, if you can make commercials that are so different and so interesting that they almost become content themselves. Um, you got, you got some magic on your hands. And I think that's what bad 19 is really like, I mean, they've, you know, they've really built a, a whole thing there. Even, you know, we're, they're, they're continuing to kill it after we left, but I think, um, and it's tough for most creators. Cause yeah, then you get to that same point when you get their, their integration that they did on TikTok, their sponsored video, that's not what you signed up for as their follower. So you're going to, inadvertently skip it and their algorithm's great so it's going to show it to less people yeah um so i think what you have to kind of do is get the creators thinking outside of the box a little bit more but also man i'll I'll tell you this much the sponsors have to really be willing to give the creators a little bit more control because we we it's just an uphill battle for us even still explaining to people like look i know you came to us for that regular youtube integration but let me show you the data why that doesn't work and yeah we try it our way i'm sure you see too in your youtube analytics like you you're going along and then wherever you have an integration or a sponsorship like people just dip out yeah they're like skip that i don't care and and yeah i think like what to what danny's saying like if if the um brands would give the creators a little more control and a little more freedom flexibility not just like okay this has to be 60 seconds and you have to hit these 10 bullet points you have to do it at this time yeah if you can do it a little more naturally um how you would do it how you would say it like just go with it and some brands are cool like that i mean we we definitely have experienced that too yeah um but then it just goes over so much better and uh yeah i mean i'm trying to think of some specific examples that we've done but I, i just know that like well, like aperture lighting, for example, we, we, yeah. the light that we're using right now to light us right now, we, we just reached out to them and said like, Hey, you know, we use your, your we use your products. Um, are, would you be cool with sending us another one? We would, we need this. We're doing a remodel. Could you send it to us? Yeah, we would, we need one of your products. Would you send it to us? We'll feature it in a video. We gave it a, a quick natural like integration. It wasn't like a whole 
interruption, like we said, it wasn't an interruption. It was just a natural thing and didn't see a dip. There was no, there was no retention dip. So we, we can do it in ways where people actually, we, some of our videos, we see bumps during the sponsored segment instead of a, yeah. wow. instead of a dip. Um, which is when we say like, that's when the creators have to think a little bit more creatively and the, the brands have to think a little bit more. And sometimes too, it's just like creators want to get, they want to get paid. So they'll, they'll do a bidet ad, even though they're a whatever creator. So like if they're a TikToker that dances and they'll do a little dance on a toilet, well, I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not that, it, that's not what I came for. It could yeah. be, you know, that could be, it could be, but you know, <laughs> but I think I you're know. right when you talk about, I mean, the success is. And which been successful for you guys is integration, right? Making it look natural. And I'm thinking TikTok specifically because I, I interviewed a ton of them last year because TikTok got so big. Yeah. And shout out to the Sway House guys. Um, they're kind of they all went their separate ways now, but at the time they were blowing up. And Reebok came to them and said they were one of those cool brands, like you said. They said, "Hey, yeah. we don't even know what the fuck is going on on TikTok, right? But you yeah. kids know. So here's yeah. some money." Yeah. Um, do something for us. Right. And they, they knew just what you guys said, you know, Hey, if mm -hmm. I just dance around in Reeboks and have Reebok logos all over the place, it's going to look shitty. No one's yeah. going to watch. Yeah. But basically what they did is they wore Reeboks in their ads or uh, in their TikToks. Yeah. Naturally, yeah. They just wore them and they go, Tom, all we have to do is wear them and kids will go, Oh shit, yeah. they're wearing Reeboks. Yeah, wearing yeah, Reeboks. Yeah, totally. Sometimes it's just as subtle as that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. man. I think one of my favorite um, Casey, Casey Neistat. Neistat videos, man, when he yeah. blew the whole Walter Mitty budget. Or the do what you can't. Or the do what you can't one. Or the, yeah. or no, not to do what you can't, or, but um, the, uh, um, the Nike one. Where, when he's running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just when he blows the whole advertising budget on whatever he wants to do, I'm like, that's great. Yeah. I watched a three minute video all about Nike or Walter Mitty. I saw that movie after that. Mm -hmm. that video he did there, there um, are ways that that integrations can be so um subtle and natural and um and interesting that you want to come just for that and then and you want to even share it with your friends because it's so cool and then yeah we all know the ones that are like oh this is horrible like just skip ahead as fast as possible uh, uh purple so, mattress and i think a lot of that i mean a lot of that is just creativity. You've got to be able to be creative and like figure, and you, you need a little bit of time and space from the brand to be able to allow that. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's where creators can really shine is getting um, creative with brand deals. Yeah. And that's where we're trying to really be known for those commercial guys. We would love to, we're, we're working on, and we won't drop any names yet, but we're working on some collabs where we know creators hate doing their integrations, but mm -hmm. we don't, that's our whole thing. So uh, that's kind of what we've started to offer other creators is like, Hey, Here's what we have to do. We'll do your um, we'll do your integration for you if, if we can uh, come out and collab on your channel. Um, wow. So we're we're starting that kind of venture. That was like always in the in the plans from the get go, and now we've kind of got the time to start trying it out, and we're we're gonna hopefully start appearing on some other channels, making their commercials for them. Yeah. Wow. And that benefits you guys again. You get your face out there, benefits the YouTube channel. See, it's all, I see the vision, guys. It all, yeah. all kind of works together. Nice. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad, yeah, I'm glad you're seeing it. it. Yeah, yeah that's, it's good. Yeah. That's validated. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like you said, I, you said earlier that some brands, you know, I have to educate them. I have to say, like, look, giving the influencer the sheet and saying, hit these 10 points and make it 30 seconds or longer and blah, blah, blah doesn't work i know that's what you're asking us to do because you ask everybody else to do the same thing but here's what a natural one here's what one that we kind of did differently and look right. over here and look how it worked why don't if if you guys know that and i'm sure you know smart marketing people know that mm -hmm. how come you have to educate brands still i mean youtube's been around forever i mean why are companies still doing it the same way 
maybe i don't know it's a good question maybe yeah maybe maybe um I was going to say part of it too is that like you get these big networks sometimes and you know we've been we won't drop any names again but like we, we've been part of different networks and agencies and um, organizations that try to find you brand deals and I think the way that those kind of go typically is like it's more of a shotgun blast you know the the brand will come to this like agency and say hey give me a hundred creators I can pay you you know a hundred bucks each or whatever just get my name out get there. the most views for the dollar yeah, yeah here's here's my requirements just do it and this there's no like real personal interaction but the times where we've done it really well um i'm thinking of uh like the rad bicycles one yeah, the rad power bikes or one. i mean even our fao schwartz contract we have such a close relationship with fao schwartz we talk to them like almost every day you know it's so natural the, the one video that i really love that we did um for them was we we got this like you know kind of assignment to make a commercial for them for fao schwartz last christmas and um it required us to go to fly to new york city and that that's where fao schwartz is and then we also had to fly to target headquarters because it was a, a collaboration between fao and target and so we have to make this 30 second commercial and you know we've got like three days to pull it off somehow and so we basically make a whole randomonium video about how we have very limited time to pull this off and so it shows us like storyboarding and rushing and then we fly to this airport and we're like can we pull this off and then you see the drama unfolding it's like a reality show about like these guys who are trying to pull this off and the whole time you see the retention like it's staying because the audience is like are they going to pull this off are they going to get fired like what's happening and then you know we're flying here we're barely making it we're staying until 3 a.m shooting in the middle of a target and like everybody's stressed out and then at the end we're like okay we finally pulled it off do you guys want to see the commercial? Like, here it is. It's awesome. Check it out. And then, it's like a world premiere. You remember the old MTV show yeah. um, making the video? The video yeah, we yeah. use that. It's just like that. So then at the very end, the climax of the, the whole randomonium video is a commercial. And everybody sticks through it because they're like, I want to see how they pulled this off. And and, and that's that's the that's our secret sauce. That's luck, our magic. Luckily, we're commercial directors, so we have a little bit of an advantage over, I think, some of creators. And so I think like, yes, yeah, some of it is, is like people still thinking about YouTube as like this smaller level of, um, of entertainment. I feel like, like there's like our ads sell for less. Like if you look at what people will pay us for these integrations, you're just like, I mean, that, that sounds like great money, but when you compare it to an integration that's on an episode of Brooklyn nine, nine or whatever, like whatever the views are, like it doesn't like eyeballs are eyeballs. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but we, we're, we're trying really hard to really communicate to the brands too, which is hard when you're in the influencer world which is like, look, don't just go off of how many views. We're trying to show you quality views. It's the same thing as you get with uh, SEO. Like, yeah, if I search for shoes, I'm gonna be able to buy that for cheaper and I'm gonna get more people. But if I search for blue Nikes, that's a lot more valuable of a search term because somebody looking for blue Nikes is a lot more likely to close the sale because they are specifically looking for something. Yep. Well, we, we try to make that comparison a lot to be like, look, we're, we're trying to sell you valuable views versus invaluable. Our, our viewers come for your commercial. They're not going to see it as an interruption. They're not going to skip it. And some of that has to go, like John said, it's relationship with the brand, man. And it can be hard to find managers or um, agents or agencies. And so we just have relationships with so many different people who are all just trying to bring us deals from all different kinds of directions. You know, it's so true. And I'll give him a shout out. Melon, the sponsor of this video, which we're using the, yeah. we're using it to film this interview right now. Yep. So talk about a natural integration right there. there but I worked with a bunch of brands and they randomly sent me like $2,000 worth of gear, this mic, the lights I'm using, yeah. just because they were happy with how the videos did. Yeah. Awesome. No brand has ever done that. They yeah. go, okay, how many views did you get? Okay, you didn't yep. hit that number. You owe us another video or you, you, 
if you far exceed the number, you don't get like anything extra. Right, right, <laughs> it's right. so cool. You did your job, right? But it does make a difference if the brands are invested in the creators they're working with. Definitely. Talk about, I mean, has there been brands that you've run across that you go, hey, these guys actually give a fuck about what content I'm doing. The other ones don't care. They don't even watch. They just look at the number at the end or they look at the email that the manager sent over at the end of the campaign. Yeah. yeah uh, Six Flags, man. That's true. Um, That's they've good. been great. We've mm-hmm. worked with them at VAT19 and here. Um, and we're supposed to be going over there pretty soon, actually. This month, they want us to go over there and check some stuff out. But yeah, they, we did just did a video with them. And man, they're like, we because we reached out to them like, hey, we're, we're not at VAT19 anymore. This isn't for Hidden in Plain Sight. That was like a huge, easy sell because it's it's a big popular series where it's like smaller channel, but here's what we want to do. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, let's talk. And we're just talking. They're like, oh, man, we'd love you to come out and... Um, we're like, yeah, so if you just have anything, we're so close by to the Six Flags St. Louis, we can just drop in. They're like, we need to hire people. Could you come work it for a day and show people what it's like to work? And we're like, that sounds like a blast. So we made a whole video of us going to work at Six Flags, which is, to be frank, a job I wanted as a kid. <laughs> of course, um, it's a dream job. Dude, a dream. And it was so much fun. And they just, you know, they treat us so well and they, and they get it. And then at the end, they're like, they weren't concerned about views or anything. All they had to say was like, man, this was great. It was so great for morale for the the employees that work here, uh, corporate loved it. it. It did a great job getting eyeballs on what it's like to work here. And uh, man, it's a, like they were a really great partner uh, both times at Bat19 and, and here at Random Owning. Mm-hmm. So they, they really do get it. Yep. Let me ask you a follow-up question. Was that the best paying brand deal you did that year? No. Yeah, no, but, it wasn't. But it's one probably that meant more to you yeah. than the big paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. nice and you need that too yeah but those ones it, it, even if they pay a little less it seems like you know what hey so what you know they it was a great experience Definitely. yeah and we Definitely. we always balance that especially because we're in an we're in a startup mode so like we're always looking to to find deals and arrangements like oh this, if it's mutually beneficial yeah we can we like just like we said with the light man we didn't need to get paid by aperture for that light we were just grateful to be like hey man we're gonna make this video whether you send us a light or not We'd love the light. Do you want to send it to us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. We're like, great. No problem. But don't even have to think, have another discussion. We'll mm-hmm. just get that mentioned. So we, we're very old school uh, about the whole thing. We're What works for you, if it works for you and us, great. Mm-hmm. It us kind of flip to the creative side now. We're kind of just on the business marketing side for a while because yeah. you know, people watching this, everybody wants to be a YouTube creator. It's the number one most desirable job the kids want, right? Young people want is they want to be a YouTuber. So chances are someone watching video wants to be a YouTuber, right? And you kind of got to figure it out. You obviously have the business side figured out, but the beauty of you guys, when I was excited to talk to you is you have both sides figured out, which is very rare. You know, you get super creative creator and you don't want them anywhere near the checkbook, right? (laughs) You're like, hey, there's, we have people that are going to take care of all that for you. Don't worry. You know, we can't leave it up to you because there'll be no money left, right? But you (laughs) kind of have both sides figured out. Talk about, you you mentioned before whiteboarding. I saw a couple of your videos, you know, that was displayed kind of the process. Talk about just creating a video, you know, now that that could apply to anybody. You know, how do you, what's your process? It's a great, it's a great question because uh, it's it's come from so many different. Uh, it started from so many different places. Yeah, it's the, and we both work pretty differently. I think too, mm-hmm. like from the beginning. I mean, we we work really well together. We're very different. John's a lot more organized. I am like your stereotype ADD kid. Um, <laughs> and, and so we complement each other. You know. Yeah, and sometimes I mean, like 
I was just talking about this earlier, but like sometimes we'll just this shout out random shout out to this product. It's just sitting right next to me. Um, nice. But you know, sometimes we'll just like be handed a product and we're like, okay, here's what you got to make a video about. So figure it out. And it's pretty easy to start then because you've got, you know, you know, you have to figure out how to make a commercial or how to make this thing, tell a story around this product or whatever. Um, so sometimes it starts from a physical thing like that. Sometimes it just starts from, uh, yeah, just a wild idea. We'll be like, Hey, um, I mean, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of something. That, oh, like the quad you, launcher. The, yeah, the quad launcher, or like we 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 physically have a book. We have I don't know where it is right next to me, but we actually have a physical book full of Danny's bad ideas. And it, this is <laughs> I, I, like it's true. Going all the way back to like high school, 18, 17, maybe. Yeah, we were we were, we were yeah we were some teenagers or something, and I would secretly write down. Uh, anytime he would say, you know what we should do? We should do this or that. Like it's just off the cuff for him just thinking like, and I was like, I'm going to write this down. This is so ridiculous. And I just, I collected like 50 of these things before I even told him about it. Oh my gosh, and, yeah. and now we're able to kind of like, you, we've used actually some of those, those actual ideas. Like we um, put rocket launchers on top of his car and drove it around firing missiles. Yeah. Um, we made a video about that, but it, it just, it sometimes it's like the most random weird places that give you inspiration that you think this would make a fun video. And sometimes it comes, like I said, sometimes it comes from a product and we try to figure out how to tell a story and make a commercial out of that. Sometimes it comes from an idea and then we figure out, Hey, this would actually work really well to sell this product. So sometimes it starts from both, um, both, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But we'll basically like whatever caused the idea to start, we'll just write it down. We'll tell each other. We'll, we'll, what, what do you think of this? I don't know. There's something there. And if it gets, if it gets greenlit, we'll, we'll put it into Asana or like software and we'll be like, okay, cool. And then we'll sign it to whoever came up with the idea. It's like, you figure out the next step from there. And if it becomes an actual video later, We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. So we'll just like constantly be tossing stuff back and forth. And um, something we always say, I mean, we have it written down and we just say it, and we say it pretty frequently in our videos too. It's like, there are no bad ideas in a brainstorm. Um, doesn't mean there's not bad ideas. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't shoot ourselves down. We think that like too often people will have an idea and then just shut themselves down before they even speak it, or it'll get shut down in the brainstorm process before it's fully fleshed out. And so we, we just have a policy of like, Hey, this is going to sound really dumb probably, but I'm going to say it. What if we shot rockets off of my car? And like, okay, like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, we can do why that. would we do that? What would that, be? how would that be a video? What's, yeah. There's all the, like the business things. What's the value proposition? How are we going to stretch this out to 10 minutes? What's the B story? What there's all of that stuff, but man, there's always, you know, if there's something there, we can always run with it. Like we have an idea. Of, I'll give you an example of an idea that we don't, we don't fully have cracked yet, but we know there's something here. Danny wants to get a tattoo oh. with a QR code, a tattoo well, of a QR code, or maybe a barcode. That's kind of cool, um, actually. Yeah, something. We want it to be functional. Some kind of functional tattoo where you could actually like scan it at the grocery store or like have the audience like point their phones at the computer and like it would actually do something. There's something there. We don't know exactly what it is yet. We have like a million different. The phrase we keep saying is like the most functional tattoo ever. Yeah. Like, or could, could it donate money to your favorite charity? Like, could it go like Mr. Beast style or could it? Oh, that's more, cool. Yeah. I don't know. It, it started something. from a horrible idea of like, <laughs> I should get a Lucky Charms barcode on my arm. That way, when I buy Lucky Charms, I don't don't have to scan the box. Beep, beep. Yeah. It was just a joke I made in college. And it, but it spawned this whole thing. I was like, okay, th there's something here. We'll figure that out. We've talked to tattoo parlors. We've looked at different things. Yeah. But we so just, we're not going to shoot it down because just because we haven't figured it out. We have, we're not going to shoot it down yet. So if it sounds fun, 
there's something there. I mean, yeah. and that's usually my filter. Like, and we talk a lot about creative filters too. Yeah. And anything you can use to filter down, like what you're going to do. And my filter is what would I do for free just for fun? And then how can I figure out a way to get paid to do it? I did that at bat 19. I do that here too. Like that's so, just, yeah. You know, he, he's always wanted to swim in a, in a pool full of jello. I mean, like who hasn't thought of that? So yeah. we figured out a way to make it a video and he, we, we made that video at bat 19. Mm-hmm. We made it fill the whole pool full of jello and swim in it. And, and was, I felt really proud of that because <laughs> me and Mark Rober did it at the exact same time. And he was texting me. He's like, dude, you stole my idea again. I'm like, no, I didn't. Same idea. We separate. think a lot alike. And I'm just very proud of myself that we we used the both or we used the same method to boil all the water because yeah. you're a NASA engineer and I'm just some redneck from Southern Illinois. <laughs> How'd you do it? Uh, I bought a bunch of uh, steel drums and then I bought a bunch of like just giant burners that you'd make maybe a grill or a fire pit out of, and then mm-hmm. just propane tanks and built these steel frames, boiled all up. And then, and then you built our, our method to mix. Everything was a little different, but that same method to boil, man, these just giant steel food grade drums. And you built a room size refrigerator. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I built the refrigerator. Who posted first? I think we, I think did. we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he nice. did better. Cause he's Mark Rover. Yeah. But man, that's a funny story too. Cause we, it's continually that me and him will do that. Like that's how I got to know him was he thought we stole his, um, spitball pool idea because Orbeez, Orbeez. Orbeez yeah. yeah and because I beat him to the punch and King of Random had knew us and knew that he's like you got to watch this man I think they might have figured that out and then me, me and him had a good laugh and now anytime we do something similar we just laugh about how we steal <laughs> each other the, I you're, steal, the, you're the knockoff I'm the knockoff marker over <laughs> very cool well talk about your, your recent, most recent projects so you've got a podcast out there now I checked it out yeah, man. Um, give us a summary what's it all about it's a ton of fun and it's seriously just started because um, we just, I mean, we're truly just like friends that are always talking about just the most random stuff. And so it actually kind of spawned, we called it the Randomonium podcast when it first started. So if you listen to the early episodes, it was, it was officially like the Randomonium podcast, but then we gave it its own name because we felt like it, it needed, it was a little bit different than the YouTube channel. It wasn't directly connected, mm-hmm. but basically um, it's Danny and I, and then our, our other friend who's a, the producer of the podcast, his name is Jeff. Um, and he's, you know, uh, works kind of behind the scenes here at random money as well but um the three of us you know we, we grew up together and we're always just like talking about the most dumb weird random interesting well it's us essentially yeah, we all love the news we all love history so yeah. whether it's politics or whether it's uh you know some like weird hypothetical question that you've always wanted to ask your friends like it's it's always related to time so we break the every episode into the past present and future and since there's three of us and there's three periods of time. Uh, we each take one of those segments. So, like, I'll you know say like, oh, I got this really interesting thing to talk about for the past segment. It's like a, you know, did you know that um, yeah, a bunch of Confederates uh, actually left the South after the Civil War and like set up shop in Brazil and became the Confederados? Like, you don't know this. I didn't know that. I'm yeah. going to tell you about what? this podcast. Yeah, this is the whole. This is I haven't even told you about this. Gosh. So they were called the Confederados and they moved to Brazil. Yeah. And so like that's a really interesting thing that yeah. I'm like, I want to talk yeah. to my friends about that. So I'll save that for the podcast. And then I got one for the future that I've been holding on to for weeks because we've not been able to podcast. Yeah, it's like what what is life on Mars going to be like in, you know, 100 years or whatever. Like, so we'll, we'll talk about the past, the present and the future in each episode. Um, and it's always completely off the wall and, and super fun. So and it's the most like what it's like to hang out with us in real life. Like if <laughs> yeah. you want a window as to like who we really are, like we just turn on microphones and start talking. Basically, we don't uh, <laughs> we don't plan too much out and. Our editor doesn't share an office with us, and we share an office in the studio here with our producer. Uh, we like to sit at the same table, and then she'll come in and be like, "Am I listening to a podcast? You guys are just fighting with each other." We're like, "No, it's fine. This is this is what we do." Is that more fun than YouTube? Because oh my god, yeah, there, you don't have to worry about views. There's no customer nope. to keep happy. There's 
nothing. It's yep. just for you guys. Yeah, it's it, it and it kind of is. It was always that for us. Like as it started to make a little bit of money, it just kind of like it was just this other thing. Like we wanted to get into podcasting, so we tried it and just kept doing it and just fell in love with it, man. It's just it's so low pressure and just so much fun. It's easy, but it's just easy to do it. But it's also like giving your natural conversations with your friends a little bit of structured time. It's almost like, yeah. um, I think as guys, maybe you identify with this too. It's just like, you don't almost never really like set aside time with just like hang out with your dudes. Like yeah, my yeah. wife is so yeah. good about like, she sets aside like weekly time to hang out with her girlfriends. And I'm like, yeah, that makes too. sense. I should do that. Mm-hmm. But I, we just don't. But the podcast is almost like that. It's like, let's just schedule a time and we're just going to talk, guys. This is great. And we all look forward to it. We're like, guys, we haven't podcasted in a while. You want to do one? Yes! And we all get excited. We keep the podcast rig on our desk, scoot all the computers out of the way and do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, very cool. What else are you guys promoting? We got everybody got to go check that out. What else? We uh, channel, not- obviously. Yeah, we got the main channel, yeah. we got the podcast. So we, those are the two kind of main channels that we work on. But we each um, have our own individual channels as well that we're like, I mean, this is just, we haven't even fully announced anything like this, but we are like just kind of dipping our toes into the water of like, what if we, you know, kind of spread out a little bit and like, if I've got an idea for a video that doesn't quite fit on Randomonium or a podcast, what if I did it on my channel? And if he's got an idea, like he can do it on his channel. So we're kind of just, we're, we're testing the waters of spreading out our um, kind of genres of content mm-hmm. into our various channels so um yeah well, you can feel free to follow us there too Those are just our names yeah. yeah but yeah we're gonna i'm gonna try to find a way to do some more of my bad ideas um mm-hmm. as shorts i've really loved youtube shorts man mm-hmm. and uh i was like you know what i'm just gonna do i haven't done anything on my channel in a while it was always just kind of my personal stuff let's just this will be fun mm-hmm. uh so we're, we're just kind of experimenting with those but those are going to be coming up real soon and then um couple other channels that we're going to hopefully be be launching soon. But yeah, we're, we're thinking about gaming or streaming. We're thinking yeah, about a lot yeah. of things. So oh, wow. we'll yeah. yeah, we've got some, we've got a friend of ours who um, has been a streamer for a while and wanted to do some stuff with us. And so it's, that's been the cool thing about having your own company is just the freedom to experiment and, and give other people the keys too. We're like, man, we've been wanting to get into gaming, but we've not been able to. Do you want to do something together? Yeah. So he's running with that. And we're going to join him on that later. So we're, we're just have, we're just having fun, man. <laughs> it, it sounds like it, man. You have your toes kind of in everything. And I could talk to you too. Just a whole nother interview on time management. Like how the fuck do you have time to do all this stuff? That's right? what we're not good at. We're horrible at it. Um, <laughs> I, I just started taking Adderall for the first time. That's how I do it. Ah, yeah. um, kids, don't, kids don't turn to drugs, you know. Right, no, but right. if you have a prescription in ADD, it's good for you. Um, yes, yes, as I do too. Yeah, it's so, uh, I. I didn't, I turned it down for a long time. I was a Ritalin kid and I hated it. Um, my mm-hmm. therapist recommended like, you know, they make new things that are a little different and you have a condition. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Project management software, <laughs> calendars. We're like, we're getting better at all of it, but it's definitely a process. Yeah. So. And I think really just uh, keeping track of each other helps. Like, mm-hmm. man, like John knows, like I'm what I'm, what my strengths are and what his strengths are. Producer knows what his strengths are. We so we try not to stretch ourselves individually too thin and then just respect our time. Like I'm going to take a half day on Friday to go camping with my kids, even though we don't have time for it, I'm still going to do it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It helps to have partners and, um, you know, have a team and that's easier for us to say than some people I'm sure that are kind of just doing it solo. A lot of, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of creators are just doing it on their, their own time hobby. You know, it's like a side business side hustle thing, but, um, yeah, I can't recommend enough trying to find like-minded people that you enjoy creating with and that you can at least bounce ideas off of, if not kind of share the burden of a lot of this stuff. Cause it's, it's a lot of work and, yeah. um, yeah, the more people that can kind of come around and collaborate, uh, as long as you get along with them, 
it works out well. And we both have a passion for uh, leadership. Uh, so like we have no problem delegating and bringing on people. We just brought on an awesome group of interns, um, which we just brought on as an educational experience. And then like, they just ran away with stuff and were able to do so much more cool stuff than we thought. And we were, we got so much out of teaching them. Um, and then because we were teaching them things, we got cool stuff too. It was so much fun. So, you know, just don't be afraid to share the workload. Yep. Very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, make sure you subscribe. Actually, uh, coming up, we did that Austin McBroom. We, I just covered the Austin McBroom fight oh, the, drama. The fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the contracts and the lawsuits he's involved in. I've got a couple more fighters to come on and talk about the lawsuits they have going on. So that'd be fun. Plus, more and more guests. We do this every Thursday. So make sure you subscribe. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, guys.